Father in heaven, I thank you for all of these amazing young people uh, that came in here this day and shared with us the hard work they've been doing for quite a while. These things don't happen just in a moment. And I thank you for the parents and the volunteers who've been involved along the way to help bring this about. These things are so impactful in the lives of young people and in our own hearts as well. Lord, it gives us hope. It gives us courage in a world sometimes where we don't have either of those. So may our hearts be encouraged as we prepare ourselves today now to, to hear a word and then to act in accordance with what you've directed us. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 26. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. Jesus said, my appointed time is near. Jesus knew that the time had come. And because of that, there was a special intensity to Jesus that night. We get a taste of it in Luke's account of this, Luke 22, verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, catch these words, this is Jesus' words, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. There was an intensity to Jesus. This, this was not his first Passover. He'd been a part of this experience since he was a young man, but he knew this one was different. And it was with an eager intensity that he had been driving towards this day all his life. Something special was going to take place. Jesus knew why this one was special. The disciples, they still did not. And it would still be quite some time before they would fully understand what had happened that night. They can be forgiven for not knowing. Can we? Do we fully understand what took place that night? It was Passover. It was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jesus is about to take the meal that pointed back to the great initial deliverance of Israel. And with what Jesus was about to do, He was about to fulfill the Passover and fill the Passover with more meaning and power and glory than anyone ever imagined Passover could be pointing to. But to really understand this, we've got to go back and understand Passover. So Exodus 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of 
your year. This event that was about to take place was so important to them that God said, count this as month number one. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. So this event is the year starting event, and notice this also, this event is supposed to be a family event. It's not just about when we come together here. That's a great thing. But the faith starts with the family. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. Verse 6, take care of the lamb until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. So this is to be the night of the great deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. And what does God choose as a means by which the people can forever remember this event? He chose a meal. He set a table. Sometimes life changes at the table. We have a table set before us today. Is there a lesson for us? There was bread at the Passover, unleavened bread, and there was bitter herbs, and there was a lamb, and while it's not specifically mentioned in Exodus 12, there was a cup as well filled with juice of the grape, which was the standard drink of the day. There's more specific instructions about the meal and how to eat it. Verse 10, do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And then there was what it meant. Verse 12, on that same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. So the blood of the Lamb was the sign of the deliverance. And all who dwelt within a home upon which the blood of the Lamb adorned the doorway, all who dwelt in the marked homes were safe from the destruction that was to come. The people were commanded to remember this day by celebrating the feast. God gave them something concrete and real that they could do to remember what He had done. Exodus 12, verse 14. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. Verse 17. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. 
celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Now Moses gave them a few more instructions, and then he gives this appeal in verse 24. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. Do you see how much this theme of your family after you keeps coming into this? It goes even further. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as He promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when He struck down the Egyptians. Okay. A little bit of a side note here. It is first and foremost the job of parents to pass their faith to their children. If your kids don't understand the faith, it isn't primarily the church's or the school's fault. Though maybe we could do some things better sometimes. I'm not saying we do everything perfectly. I'm just saying if there was no church and there was no school, your kids should still learn your faith. And if your children have not understood the faith, could it be primarily because you have not taught them? Or maybe even because you yourself have not understood well enough to tell them? It's not just about going through the motions. It's about understanding what the motions mean. When your children come to you and say, what do these motions mean? We need to have a better answer than, I don't know, we just always do this. Right? We need a better answer than that. We need an answer like, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when He struck down the Egyptians. We need a real answer. What were the parents supposed to teach their children about Passover? This is the day the Lord delivered us. Now, Right after this, right after Moses gives these instructions, comes what I find to be one of the most shocking texts in all the Bible. Verse 28. See if it amazes you like it did me. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. Finally. Don't you wish that text appeared in the Bible a lot more often? If only this were true for them more often, right? The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. But dare we stop there? If only this text were true for us a little more often, right? And the people did just what the Lord commanded. So what happened? Verse 29. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. 
Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. If you were not in a house whose door was stained with the blood of the Lamb, then you were not safe and you were not delivered. And this feast that commemorates this experience, the deliverance from Egypt and the demonstration of how the blood of the Lamb will keep you safe, this was the feast that Jesus was sharing with His disciples. This was the meal that was on the table, and nobody knew it, but Jesus was just about to bring even more meaning to these emblems. Already this is a powerful reality, but Jesus is about to fill it with even more. He's on the brink of filling and fulfilling this commemorative event so powerfully that soon everyone would begin to realize Passover is fulfilled and now it means even more. There's something special about sharing food, isn't there? We've heard different stories about different ones who have done these things. We've read these stories in the Bible. Sometimes life changes around the table. Jesus knows that a meal can make a difference. And this is why Passover was a meal in the first place. And it was while Jesus was sharing Passover with His disciples that this happened. Matthew 26, verse 26. While they were eating. When did it happen? While they were eating. Maybe that was the only time they weren't talking. I don't know. While they were eating. While they weren't arguing about which one is the greatest for a change. While they were just sharing a meal. Jesus took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to His disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And most of them at the table had no idea what Jesus meant. But let's not be so hard on them. This was brand new. Here we are all these years later, and do we understand fully what Jesus meant? I suppose fully is, is way too big a word for, for what about God will we ever understand fully? But still the question holds. If not in full, at least in part, how much do we understand about the Lord's Supper? Well, it comes from Passover, the night that God delivered Israel from Egypt, and it is a meal of sorts, although fairly meager the way we do it. 
The elements of the Lord's Supper are taken from the elements of Passover, but some of the elements of Passover are missing, aren't they? Do you know why? What's missing here? Well, we don't have a sacrificed lamb here, do we? And the deaconesses did not set out any bitter herbs, did they? In fact, all that remains of the original Passover meal is the bread and the cup. Why is that? In this moment, as we're reading in Matthew 26, what we see Jesus doing at this meal as they're eating, He is repurposing the elements of Passover. And He Himself is taking some of the elements away. Which ones? Well, most prominently, the Lamb. Why? Well, it's just like John the Baptist said, those three and a half years roughly ago, before they were seated that night at the table, John chapter 1, verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, at the original Passover, a lamb had to die for there to be blood that saves. And at the first Passover, the firstborn of the land died if no lamb was slain and no blood was put above the door. But now Jesus is about to transform the feast. And make no mistake, a firstborn is still going to die. A lamb will still be slain. But this time, the firstborn who dies will be God's firstborn, the only begotten Son of the Father. And the lamb to be slain is Jesus Himself. And this time, there won't be any putting of the blood, the Lamb's blood upon the doors of our literal houses. But now the blood that is to be shed must mark our hearts. Luke twenty-two, fifteen and 16, And He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. The Passover was a feast that commemorated an event, but also was pointing forward to an event, even though that wasn't completely understood until Jesus came and fulfilled that event and gave us that understanding and gave us the Lord's Supper. And now Jesus says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you to to institute a new meal. One of which I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So Passover was an event that pointed to the past but also pointed to Jesus. And now Jesus gives us this meal which points us back to Jesus 
and what he did, but also all the way back to Passover, which tells us that it is his purpose to deliver us, but then points us again the other direction to the final fulfillment of this meal, not one where we receive it here with the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, but rather one on a day that is coming when Jesus Himself will be with us as we enjoy the feast in His eternal kingdom. But He knows how our minds work. And therefore, He has not left us to just abstractly ponder this idea. Instead, He gave us a real table with a real meal upon it so that we can understand. Symbolized right here is the work of deliverance that Jesus has done for us. Right here is the symbol of the broken body of Jesus, the body that bore our sorrows and suffered our beatings. And right here, symbolized, is the blood by which we are saved. But you know what isn't here? The bitter herbs. They're gone. Why? Because Jesus consumed the bitterness for us. Jesus had already explained way back, early in His ministry, what this meal before us today means. John chapter 6, verse 53. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Now, when He said that, nobody had any idea that this was coming. And it didn't make sense to them. And most of them didn't like it. You see, this whole thing happened right after Jesus had fed the 5,000. And Scripture says they were coming by force to take Him and make Him king. And Jesus says, no, that's not how my kingdom works. And so He told them how His kingdom works. But He did it in such a way that they didn't like it. And Scripture says on that day, many of His disciples went away and didn't follow any longer. The twelve stayed. They didn't understand what it meant to eat the body of the Son of God and drink His blood. But we should understand what that means now. It means that unless the life of Jesus is in us, then this short life filled with trial and sorrow is all we're going to know. But if the life of Jesus is in us, then just like Jesus, we will rise again. When we receive these emblems, we demonstrate by an act of faith that we have also received in truth the life of Jesus within us. It's the Lord's Supper 
I invite you today to take from the Lord's table because sometimes life changes at the table. We celebrate today the Lord's Supper, our communion service. It is given for all who have put their faith in Jesus to participate in this event as an expression of that faith. This communion is open to all who believe who are here today. And in a moment I will be reading the traditional texts that we read and then I will pray a blessing. I will kneel for that prayer. You can remain seated. And then after that our deacons will come and they will serve you down these rows. When you're served, take a piece of the bread and a cup and just hold it because we want to do this together. And when all have received and we've been certain that all are served, then I will lead us as we receive these emblems, the symbols of the body and the blood of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul has written the words that we have traditionally read, beginning in verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we come to you today in the name of our Lord Jesus. We come today with solemnness, yet also a thanksgiving that is longing to break forth and will be breaking forth as we participate in this service. It is a thanksgiving to Jesus who came and gave His life for us. There was a covenant. Father, You made a covenant with us, but we were never able to keep it. And so in grace and mercy you sent Jesus to become one of us so that our side of the covenant could be kept as well. And Jesus was triumphant. And He was faithful all the way to the cross. This service is what Jesus has given us. We have bread. Father, we pray. May Your blessing be upon it. May we understand as we receive this symbol that it represents us accepting the life of Jesus as our own. And Father, may Your blessing be upon this cup for which we thank You as well. 
And may we discern that it represents the blood of Jesus, the only thing that can wash away our sins. Father, send Your Holy Spirit now and be in this place in power as we participate in the Lord's Supper. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Has everyone wanting to participate been served? Then I invite you to take this bread, which represents the life of Jesus, the life he lived for us, the life that needs to be in us through the Holy Spirit, the bread that represents the eternal life that is given to us by the sacrifice of Jesus for us. Is it your faith this day that the life of Jesus can be in you? If it is, then take this and eat all of it. And this cup, oh, this cup, this represents the forgiveness of sin. We know we need that. This is the blood of Jesus poured out in symbol for us. Do you believe that God's grace is sufficient for you and that in Jesus your sins are forgiven? If that is your faith, then receive this cup and drink all of it. The words of Paul conclude in this way, verse 26. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. It means both things. A faith that the sacrifice of Jesus has forgiven our sins and a promise that this same Jesus who rose again will come again. This is the witness you've given. This is our hope. And it is right for us after this service to feel great hope and courage come into our hearts. And it is appropriate that we would be overcome with a love for one another at a time like this when we have known the love of God. It is right for us to leave with joy and gladness. And so as you have engaged today, may you indeed go out with a confidence from the Holy Spirit that indeed the life of Jesus lives in you and your sins are forgiven and you look forward to the day when the Lord Jesus will come and we will enjoy this service in his Father's house, never to be parted again. Let us pray. Father in heaven, it is not because of our worthiness, but because of your love and grace that you sent 
your only begotten Son, that whosoever among us would believe in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. He was faithful in all his, all his ways, faithful as your Son, and he has delivered us. Today we have proclaimed our faith in him with the supper that he gave us, and now our hearts were filled with joy. May we go forth from here and spread that joy and hope and courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.